everybody. Welcome back to 30-something with Sunny. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, lots of beauty, and second chapters. And that was my Apple Watch going off, reminding me that I need to um, close my circles today. Does anybody else feel judged by their Apple Watch? It's always telling me to breathe and to stand up and move. And sometimes I just don't want to, okay? Anyway, I'm going to throw this on the ground because... I don't want another audio interruption. I'm really excited about today's guest, and we cover so many topics that I know my um, girls out there are going to love. Annie Tevlin is the founder of Skin Owl, a skincare brand of natural and powerful products that was built and formulated from Annie's own struggle with cystic acne. Now, this is a brand, guys, that has stood the test of time. Annie has seen every end of the beauty industry from a professional makeup artist on the set of music videos, doing celebrities makeup on red carpets, a pro artistry member of the Lancome team. She has done it all, but it was actually her own issues with cystic acne that led to the birth of Skin Owl. Now this is a line of products that address acne from a more natural approach, but they have a cult following and for good reason. These products work. Um, Annie enrolled into UCLA's cosmetic chemistry program and that is where Skin Owl was born. The rest is history. Annie is also the host of an amazing podcast called Off the Record. Guys, listen to this show. I promise you will feel like you know her. It is, there are a few people, um, probably fewer people like this than on the other side of things that you can listen to talk for two minutes and immediately feel like, oh my God, she's my friend. Annie is one of those people. Her episodes of Off the Record where she is solo or with her husband, Micah, are just hysterical. She's my people, okay? She's unfiltered, hysterical, but also really, really passionate about um, the topics that she's covering. The interviews she does are always, always worth your time. And like I said, the solo episodes of Off the Record are funny too. Anyhow, in this episode of 30-something, we're going to talk lots of beauty. So this conversation with Annie was so good. I actually broke it up into two parts. So there's so much juicy, delicious, useful information in this show that I wanted to like give it its own space. Um, this episode is for my beauty junkies, pretty much for all the, um, all my guys and girls out there who love to talk good skin, um, products, all that stuff. So we talk about how to depuff your face with tools, which ones work, how to use them. We talk ingredients, specifically the one star ingredient in one of her best selling products that addresses acne. And we talk about what it was like to work on uh, the, the set of amazing music videos that I promise if you are a child of the 80s and 90s, you have worshipped. Uh, we talk about her career in Hollywood and in the film and TV business before she switched over into what she's doing now. So it is full of gossip. It is full of beauty products. Really, what more could a girl ask for? Not much. So um, stay tuned for all sorts of very specific beauty tips. I do want to give you a heads up. I have started to record the video from these interviews too. So you're going to hear Annie and me talk about a specific tool, actually two tools that she uses and she shows us how to use them. You're going to have to go over to YouTube to see it. Obviously you're going to hear her describe it, but if you really want to see the technique she uses with these two tools that she's talking about, definitely check out um, my channel on YouTube. Just search Sunny about them. Anyhow, enjoy this episode of 30 something. I, as always, will be back on the flip side with more information on how and where to find Annie, but enjoy. 
Hi guys, welcome to 30 Something with Sunny. I have Annie Tevelin on today, who is the founder of Skin Owl. We were chatting before and I was like, Annie, I have to stop and pause you because we need to get this on. Um, I, I wanna get to obviously all of the Skin Owl and the, and the beauty stuff and the self care, but Annie, I love you for all that you do in the motherhood space too. I feel like um, after I heard your episode where you talked about getting your first period after having a baby, I was like, she's my people. <laughs> Dark days, dark, dark days, dark days, my friend. They come back with the vengeance. Um, you have a beautiful little baby, Monty. How old is he now? Oh my God, he's going to be nine months in, on the twenty fourth. So five days. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you just blend it all so beautifully, and I really want to like dive into all of the above, motherhood and beauty. I really focus on those two. But um, you and I were just talking before this started. You're in LA right now, but thinking about not being in LA. Can you bring us up to speed yes. onto where you might be heading? Absolutely. I think, you know, I've been in Los Angeles. I graduated from college in 2003 and two weeks later I was on a flight to LA and I have been here ever since. You know, I've, I've spent almost the exact amount of time that I lived under my parents' roof, you know, all throughout high school and so on in Los Angeles. And so it's been a lifetime. I have worn so many different hats. I have, the, the wonderful thing about Los Angeles is that if you are down to recreate yourself and start, you know, go into another career and, and, and try another adventure, like Los Angeles is down uh, for that. Um, I feel very grateful to have been here for as long as I have um, to work in the entertainment industry, to work in fashion, to work in sales. And obviously now as an entrepreneur um, with concern to owning a skincare company. Um, but I think now that I am, you know, in a happy relationship. I was married before also in this town. Um, you know, I'm in a happy marriage. I have a nine month old. Uh, and when you really feel like you have found your footing and you are settled and happy, you know, for me, I'm just not sure I need the backdrop of Los Angeles. And I think part of me maybe moved here to, you know, to, to, to leave a mark and to do something special and to go to the city of angels and dreamers and, and create something from the ground up. But really what it comes down to is I think there was also a part of me that hid behind the cloak of Los Angeles, that life isn't all that boring from the outside looking in if you live in LA. <clears throat> and, you know, as someone who struggled with self-worth and um, just trying to find my independent voice, I think Los Angeles is a wonderful place to kind of um, act as your facade. And now that there's so much authentic joy in my life, the whole world has opened up to me. You know, it really has. It's like, if really all you do is care for your child and go to wine bars and eat frozen yogurt and like go for walks around your town, it's like, can we do that in a place that's less expensive, less chaotic and more meaningful somewhere else? And so um, before the pandemic hit, my husband and I were supposed to move to Vancouver for six weeks, um, Canada, and just explore a very natural setting, a place with friendly people, a place that had its own bustling metropolis, so to speak. Um, and, and now obviously the Canadian U.S. border is shut down, so we're not able to do that. But um, it, it, on Friday, we're going to drive to Boise with our 100-pound dog and our nine-month-old. And we are going to go explore. And I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but like Boise is just, it's just everywhere right now. It's like Forbes and on Instagram and people that I follow and 
you know, very much look up to are moving to Idaho, which I've never thought that I would ever consider. But now it's like, it is so flipping cool. Like I can't even take it. Like I hope that when we go there, it's everything that we think it's going to be and, and more. It's funny. <laughs> I, th I think like, as you get older, you really hit the nail on the head with, um, you know, reaching a point where you have found what you were looking for inside and with your people and with your group. And I think that's a valuable lesson for a lot of people because as women, we tend to look for validation and definitions of success like outside of ourselves. But I love hearing that you you found that with all that you need, your health, your people, and, and that's it. Yeah. And it, it does yeah. cut down on, you know, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I've never lived in LA, but I can understand wanting to kind of pull back from a crazier scene and really find yourself. My husband and I joke that Montana is our next like big move. And if you know, you're getting old when your dream is to like have no neighbors. I'm like, if I get Amazon prime there, I'm good. That's all I need. I mean, that's it. You know, it's My so true. Yeah, it really is. It's so true. And I think like, you know, living, I don't know if I fully agree with all of the kind of edit editorial commentary about like the cities have lost their shine because, you know, like you, you hear about people in New York, it's like, what is Manhattan and what is living in New York? If like during a pandemic, you're just kind of living in a box and not able to take advantage of all that New York has to offer. Um, and all of that culture and, and art and restaurants and nightlife, like Los Angeles is different because we get the parks, we get the sunshine, you can go to the beach. Like I think quarantine here, it's very, it's very divisive. Like depending on where you live in the world, your experience safer at home is different. And I think being at home so much, it's allowed us to really lean into that, that slowness. And while it definitely hasn't been the great pause for us, we've been hustling. I've been trying to keep a business sustained. I've been trying, you know, to be a new mom and and acclimate uh, in, in the best way I know how, but it has definitely leaned down the complexity. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, we wouldn't know if we were in the middle of Boise right now or Los Angeles, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like we, it's not like I'm in the club scene doing right. all the things that LA, I'm not working in the entertainment industry anymore. Like I wouldn't know if I was in, in Los Angeles or not. So it's like, why not retreat to a place that might be a better place for Monty to grow up or a better, you know, a less chaotic place. Um, I'm starting to see myself change a little bit uh, as a result of that chaos, you know, less, uh, more easily frustrated and less, um, you know, patience. It's like, that's not who I am, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that's what I feel like this city sometimes brings out. Mm -hmm. And so what if we dialed down and retreated to a place that's lush and natural and, you know, there's kindness and neighbors that like invite you over. I mean, all of this stuff that I was raised with, it's like, that is so desirable now. Where are you from originally? Uh, Northern Virginia, right outside oh. of Washington, DC. Very cool. Okay. So you yeah. really did make a move. You moved, uh, I mean, time zones, other end of the country, different culture, everything. I mean, that's, absolutely. yeah. I I'm curious if when you, I mean, obviously you'll continue to run your business from wherever you are, but do you imagine that'll impact Skin Owl and all that you've built up? Because as you mentioned, you have a lot of connections and kind of your, your business baby was born in LA. So you'll obviously keep the structure you have, but kind of move headquarters, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Skin Owl has really grown up uh, over the last year. Like if Skin Owl was a college kid, um, you know, it's now living very independent of even its own employees you know I think right now 
what I have been able to, and my team has been able to structure during this time is um, working remotely. And so because of the internet, you know, we're all connected. I'm not sure I need to be in Los Angeles anymore. And I don't know what the event space is going to look like or the trade show, you know, like, I don't know what this industry is going to look like. Um, I know that I'm thriving by way of Insta lives and, um, you know, virtual conferences on Zoom. And while that will never, ever, ever take the place of life and connection in, in real life, and, and I, I stand firmly in that, I don't think it should. And I think that would be a, a major loss to not only business, but us as humans. I do think that there's an opportunity to be at a distance, let people be their own boss. Um, my team is really good at that. They're very independent. They are very efficient. They are very you know, they're self-starters. Um, they're very meticulous. Um, it's a lean team, but a strong team. And I think, you know, I've been talking about this for a while. Like, I just don't know, guys, if I'm going to be here anymore. And I think, like, my team is kind of like, yeah, you know, we're just, is it Vancouver? Is it Boise? Like, just, pay, you know, just figure yeah. out where you're going. Um, and then we'll figure it out. And I think I, you know, I have a house here. I don't know if we'll sell our home right away. Is, it, is there an opportunity for me to be somewhere else, but come back to LA every so often? Like, I think that we're all all entrepreneurs right now, and especially like with now I've invested in my own podcast equipment, like I'm no longer recording my podcast in a studio. So I can be mobile anywhere with that too, which is a cool sense of freedom. So I think as an entrepreneur, we're just figuring it out as we go. And if it's possible and your team can stay happy um, and not feel like really isolated at home while they're working, I think there's room to really grow something new. And I'm excited, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where this can all go. You have a background, you said, in the entertainment industry. You now have your own business, you have your own podcast. I'm curious, um, based on what you've experienced and how you just said the workflows changed as a result of this quarantine, if you think that this, that space in particular, the podcast world, the online world, has opened up to people sort of outside the two coasts now that we know we don't have to be in a zone. Because I'm speaking as someone who has never, I mean, I lived for a short time in New York, but um, who has never lived in one of the big cities, but has always struggled as a content creator, as a creative, to remain relevant in a space that really doesn't recognize you unless you are from one of those cities. So I'm curious, do you think this will open up the doors for people to see work as legitimate, even though it's not coming geographically from certain places or certain people located in certain places? I mean, absolutely. I think you're seeing, first of all, you're seeing historical city dwellers relocate to yeah. places like Montana. You know, some of the the heaviest hitters that I know in Los Angeles have already moved to Boise, have already moved to Seattle, you know, have moved to other places. And at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the cities are inundated. The cities, I think there's just, just there's not a lot of room to grow. There's, mm -hmm. there's people that are in there and are creating growth. But in terms of landscape, I mean, you look at Microsoft and Amazon, I mean, they're, they've moved into Seattle. They're going into places like Arlington, Virginia. They're going, um, Silicon Valley. I mean, there, wherever you are, you are, you know, there, mm -hmm. there's going to be opportunity for people in places like Portland and people um, in Raleigh and Charleston. I mean, these towns that are, are bustling because people want a better quality of life or mm -hmm. to be able to afford life or don't have to send their kids to private school in order to have a good education. Like they, these places, it's, I give it two years. I, I literally give it two years and we're all connected, you know, and, and people living in Raleigh want the boutiques that people are shopping in in LA. 
mm-hmm. and they want to have orange theory and they want to have pure bar and they want to have that cool coffee shop and then people with money or people who are able to open up that franchise are moving those places yeah. there and so it's I think we're all just getting more connected because the places that we all want are popping up. Yeah, I love it. I, I it's it's the great democratization. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I you know, it's it's really cool to see. I want to circle back. I, I initially was really attracted to. I mean, I've known about Skinel. I'm a product whore in the truest sense. So I have <laughs> seen you got you know, like uh, I bounce back and forth between forums. I'm like all up on who loves what and. I was reading up on your backstory even before we were connected in this space and what really moved me about your product line is the story behind it. I personally suffered from horrible acne in my early 20s while I was working in television, which is just a double slap in the face. I was sitting in an I remember sitting in an editorial meeting one day and like it was a full lit room and I just like doing one of these. I was oh, yeah. so psychologically impacted by bad skin. I know that you have a personal story as to how you fell in love with the beauty industry and why you created the products you did. So can you tell us some of your backstory in that regard? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a bit layered. I think when I was a kid, I gravitated towards color uh, Mm -hmm. in general. Like I loved the rainbow and I loved crayons and I loved you know, my mom would go shopping at Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's or wherever, and I would just run off into the makeup department and just play with blush. And I just loved color. And I loved, um, I, I was always very connected to humans and people and talking to people and I would study their faces. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that I, I took a vested interest in makeup. My grandmother, uh, my paternal grandmother was very much into Paris and fashion and she was from Scotland and and had that European you know je ne sais quoi so to speak and I think I just I took after her in that way um uh, just finding such a such beauty in um beautifying yourself um and taking care of yourself and so you know I loved that I think there was a little bit of a a clash because I was a swimmer the majority of my life. So I never really got to wear makeup and like, I wasn't really, I think my parents were a little bit more traditional in the sense of like, you know, maybe don't like wear all the makeup that all the other girls are wearing. And so I, you know, I didn't really get to experience that until I was uh, a young adult. I I got headhunted by Lancome um, and I was a makeup artist for them, traveling around for a while. I was doing makeup artistry. I moved to LA to be a music video director because I was obsessed with music videos. At the That's time. cool. Oh my gosh. What videos did you work on? Just pause for a second. I have to hear this. this I mean, it's, I haven't talked about this in so long, like the videos, but I worked on, I mean, I worked on Britney Spears. I worked on NSYNC. I, I worked for a did, lot. Okay, yeah. wait. Did did you get any good scoop you can share with us? Because there's like a statute of limitations on gossip, so it's old. <laughs> it's not really spilling the tea because it's old. Like, what I is mean, Britney really like, for example? Britney. So I I interned for Quentin Tarantino's production company the summer after my junior year in college, and he had a music video company that was called A Band Apart, which has since closed. And if you were you know, born in the 80s, you might remember on MTV, a show called Making of the Video. Yes. And, and that I watched an episode with a director, his name is Wayne Isham, and he directed the pop video by NSYNC. And I, I remember watching that. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I a junior, no, I was a sophomore in college and watching that show and being like, 
that's what I'm going to do with my life. It's like, you see, you know, we all have that. Like some people want to be a doctor. Some people are like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Like I was like, I love music so much and I don't have the chops to be the musician, but I have the chops to see the vision Mm -hmm. and I can tell a story so well. And so I'm going to be a music video director. And I literally, I, I spent the second half of my junior year living in London. I came back from studying abroad. I was like, there's no way I can live back in Virginia. I'm going to move to LA. And I'm going to see if somebody will hire me to be an intern at a music production company. And my parents were super supportive. And they were like, sure. I found two kids uh, that I was friends with in college who wanted to do the same thing. So we all got out in Los Angeles and all had our different jobs in production. And I worked on Polina Rubio, uh, you know, Jack, Jack White, the White Stripes. I mean, I, I was in the... of them and Britney was you know this was like pre-Britney I think having a little bit of an episode and it was around the time of Slave and mm-hmm. um and uh you know Stronger and and a lot of the the stuff that really made a name for herself and she was lovely you know she was such a sweet young southern girl um, who had a little bit of an edge to her. I mean, you could see it, you know, you, you could see that that part was wanting to come out. Um, and it was just at the, at the, at the apex of the pop industry being That's what so it cool. was. That's you know, so Mandy cool. Moore, I worked on a Mandy Moore video before she was on This Is Us. Um, and I, I was a production assistant. I was a production coordinator. I started shadowing makeup artists. I mean, I worked, I worked for DreamWorks. I worked at a pre-Oscar show with with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and it was the year that Jennifer Hudson won for um, Dreamgirls I mean it was like it was a time it was a time in my life and I'll be able to tell my son about it one day like I did everything that I set out to do in Los Angeles and worked with everybody honestly that I wanted to work with and then that industry fell apart because of copyright and piracy and you know what eventually became no longer a a record label being able to have the money to afford to make music videos and so i feel so blessed to have been at the end of such a wonderful um industry and it taught me a lot it taught me a lot about makeup and it taught me a lot about beauty and and just how to enhance people's features and um and, you know, unfortunately, that kind of led, I mean, unfortunately, it led to me having acne because I was wearing so much makeup day in and day out, you know, keeping up appearances and so on. But it was with really shitty ingredient decks and really icky ingredients that were toxic. And, you know, all of a sudden like that, I got hit with cystic acne. And it was, um, you know, as you said, it's the first thing people see, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, 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 it lent itself to a major deficit of self-worth that touched in, I mean, it hit everything. It hit, you know, I didn't think I was worthy of dating that guy. I didn't think that I was worthy of applying for that job. I didn't think that I could dress like this because then that would attract attention to my face. And, you know, it was, it changed who I was as a person. And it wasn't anything that I thought I would get. And it wasn't anything I knew how to go up against because everything that was, um, you know, marketed to me in terms of skincare would work for like two weeks and then would stop working. 
And it really was just a battle of how much makeup I can wear to cover it. Um, and thank God I was a makeup artist and I knew how to do it. I can't imagine if I was just like, you know, someone who didn't have that expertise and then was, you know, self-conscious because of how cakey it would look and so on and so on. So it was, you know, it was a never ending cycle of just wanting to get ahead of that. And mm -hmm. I finally had to take matters into my own hands and, um, and this kind of goes into a different direction, but I, I went back to school yeah. and I studied cosmetic chemistry at UCLA. They had a graduate certificate program and I went through the program three times and my professor was a genius and taught me everything there was to learn about what really heals acne versus what is marketed to us as healing acne and started formulating things in my kitchen. And, um, I had a Facebook group at the time that was called Skin Owl, and I was like the messenger of wisdom in a very confusing industry based on all of the information I had gained from learning about cosmetic chemistry and then being a makeup artist. Like I knew every product on the scene. I could recommend anything. I was mm -hmm. like your at-home beauty consultant. Um, and people, the group grew from like six people, like my friends and my mom's friends to like 1,600 people. And I was answering copious amounts of questions, helping everybody with their skin. And then I finally was like, you know what? I think I know how to make a product. And I made a product and I started using it and I got rid of my acne in 32 days. That's and insane. People, yeah. People were like, what did you use? And I'm like, well, this is a little awkward. It's not something from Sephora. It's actually something I made. And honestly, that was the beginning of Skin Owl, the product line. I shared my before and after photos and 1,600 people in the group were like, I cannot believe that you did that. I need it for my daughter. I need it for myself. Yep. I need it for my son. And um, the before and afters of people that started using the product was unbelievable. It's now what is now the geranium drops. Um, that it's the same formulation it was seven years ago. It hasn't changed. Um, it has helped people so much with cystic acne. I can't even begin to tell you the product sells itself. And, you know, that was seven years ago and now it's a full fledged, you know, skincare line. What's the ingredient, the active ingredient in there that gets in there and fixes things? It is our unique strain of cold pressed unrefined argan oil and the most pure decongesting uh, strain of geranium essential organic or geranium essential oil that I've ever tried. And it's such a unique product because people have this, I've tried argan oil, mm -hmm. whatever. I've tried products with geranium in it. You, it, The simplicity of how those two dance together and what they can do when you isolate those ingredients, specifically the strains that we use, because I've tried a lot of argan oil and I don't have the best things to always say about it, but mm -hmm this is just such a unique dance of two ingredients. What, what was the biggest, so um, I guess, complaint or question you would get from people in your community? Because what's awesome is that you built this, uh, this, this company based on community from the beginning. So you really have had an ear to the ground when it comes to what people are needing. And also what's a big skin myth that you want to bust? Because um, I'm sure there are people out there who are wondering why their products aren't working. So the concerns you get, the complaints and, and one of the myths or a couple myths that you want to dispel. Yeah, I think it's a couple things. I think number one, like I have acne and I feel like I should know how to get rid of it. And that's just not the case because when it comes to acne, you're dealing with a lot of different things. You're not just dealing with using bad skincare or using bad makeup or, 
you know, because you're not on Accutane, like you're doing something wrong. I mean, this is, it's a hormonal conversation and hormones are the great manipulator. Um, you do not know how to chase them. They're a game of Pac-Man and for you to <laughs> feel bad because you're not able to go up against something like a hormone cascade is like being able to go up against, you know, anything that is manipulating. It is, um, it is just an ebb and flow that uh, you just sometimes have to let time heal, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, when you're incorporating pregnancy or birth control or um, adrenal glands or anything that have been kind of shot along the way, nervous system. I mean, the hormones are the great equalizer in all of those scenarios. And so, you know, I think just the one myth I would say, and I have two, but one would be like that you should know what to do about your acne and you can eat all the right foods and get rid of sugar and get rid of gluten and get rid of this and drink more water and you might still have acne and it's it is the great game of of testing your patience because you have to endure acne sometimes before it's going to go away and what that time will present and, and show you in terms of finding other ways to value yourself other than your looks is so important and maybe could be the silver lining. Um, the other thing is that I think with concern to product, most people who have acne think that it's just a game of face off. Like if there is a product out there that says brightening or resurfacing or exfoliating, someone with acne is running towards it. And I don't know what it is about those of us with cystic acne that when we see a product like brightening and resurfacing and, and you know, restorative or, um, you know, anything with clarifying or purifying, it's like we, with acne, we want to take our face off. We want to mm -hmm. use all the peels. We want to use all the salicylic acid and we want to use it in every single product. We want the salicylic cleanser with the benzoyl peroxide and then the tetracycline and then you know, the AHAs and the glycolic. And what happens is, is you are creating such trauma to your skin and such rap, you know, rampant exfoliation that you never get to balance your pH. You never really get to create dead skin cells that can grow back and heal your skin. And that's where Skin Owl comes in. It's a very healing line. It's a very nurturing line. And it goes up against everything that we're taught, act, um, you know, acne products should do, which is strip. Yeah. And I wish that I had known that sooner because um, that's where I was at that time. Yeah, I think I, I'm a person who went on Accutane, uh, much to my own disappointment in retrospect, because I'm like, wow, that stuff. I believed in, I, you know, I believe you do what works for you. I did it. It worked for me until it didn't. And the only thing that healed me full time is exactly what you said, a consistent skincare routine. And ironically, it took me getting out of the um, American uh, product availability. I had to go to a Hungarian facialist. They're trained differently. They're using different products. And she said what you said to me, which blew my mind, which is yep. you're stripping your skin, you're creating more dead skin, which is trapping it, like just be gentle. And it was a, a true, like a moment of transfer transformation for me. And ever since then, I, I've been telling friends who I'm not an expert, but I, I just keep saying, you know, be careful not to do too much. And I think that's yep. like you said, we see that word um, clarifying or we think, okay, new start. I'm going to get new skin and it's going to be great. And then yes. you're making it worse. So I'd love to hear well, that. You, 
you you know nailed it in saying like what will do it is a consistent skincare routine and is using glycolic and AHA and salicylic and exfoliators granule exfoliators uh, you know uh, consistent for someone with acne no mm -hmm. you do that for about two weeks you're going to have red skin you're going to have flaky skin you're going to so it is about creating a consistent skincare routine you know, those types of things, while there's a place for exfoliation with acne and there's a place for, um, you know, uh, resurfacing and that kind of stuff. It's like, it's, you, you can't have surface acne. You can't have red inflamed skin. You're going to use a granule a scrub on open acne. Not only are you going to spread the bacteria, but you're going to increase your chances of scarring. You know, there's, it's, it's, it's enzymatic, right? It's fruit enzymes maybe with acne or it's, um, you know, it's oatmeal. It's something that's like a little bit more gentle. Uh, it's not take your face off. And I think right. that we're so angry with our skin that sometimes we use the most fiery of products. That's there's really some, true. A psychological connection there. I think you're right. Like scrub it off and start again. Um, do you believe yeah. in beauty tools? Because we've seen a huge market explode. And which ones do you think are worth the money? Because I am noticing some, a lot of them tend to, tend to be really expensive. So I, I know people ask, okay, if I'm going to buy a beauty tool, which one and how much like should it be costing me? Yes. I mean, I am, well, I'll say this. I first was like, I don't, I, okay. That seems like an indulgent ritual that people are doing just for, I don't even know. It's, it just seemed, it seemed fluffy at first. And then I educated myself and now Skin Owl has two. Mm -hmm. I saw <laughs> so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was why I was yeah, curious. And, but the they're simple tools that you have, right? Nothing that's going to yes. take up too much time. Absolutely. I think one is, one's a face tool, one's a face and body tool. We have the wand, which is um, a howlite uh, kind of like torpedo looking wand. And it has a bulbous side that you can use on bigger, you know, areas of real estate on the face. And it has a more um, uh, narrow side to go under the eye to help with pressure points. You use it light kind of lymph uh, style massage on the face. You're going to see a complete difference in one side of your face you weren't to do it on the other it is the proof is in the pudding i tell people do it for 30 seconds you know slide from the cheek and the nostril and the inside of your eye and the middle of your forehead out to the temple out to your ear down the neck and watch what happens it's going to help with draining dead you know dead toxic bacteria de uh, contouring depuffing, boosting collagen it's incredible you take you know if you had two twin sisters or brothers and one used a tool and one didn't the one who used the tool every single day uh, would look younger in 20 years. Um, is that because it's helping to like get rid of, I hate that word toxins because I don't know really what it is, but is it because it's draining something? Yes. What's yes. it getting it's rid of and like some... what's it moving around in there? Yeah. I mean, not only is it a, is a circulation tool, mm -hmm. so you're allowing more blood to pool in your face and where there's blood, there's healing. Sometimes where there's blood, there's also trauma and inflammation. But if you're using a light kind of lymph touch, something that's more, you know, softer, uh, lymph massage should be soft because the lymph lives very close to the surface of the skin versus like a deep tissue that's going to be more muscular. You want to drive lymph out of the body in a very soft touch towards the armpit, towards the groin. Mm -hmm. You get rid of the dead bacteria that lives in lymph. It's an immunity tool. You know, mm -hmm. it is something that's going to make your skin look brighter. It's going to boost collagen. It's going to get rid of um, the water retention. You know, bone structure comes out uh, with our other tool. It's called the glow stick. 
that's more of a semiconductor. So it's just something, and I usually have them on me. It's just something that you would like wiggle and mm -hmm. roll. It actually spins and there's germanium stones on it, which act as a semiconductor to emit negative electrons to boost positive ions in the body. And, you know, as we get older and we deal with stress and environmental aggressors, our positive ions decrease in the same way that cellular renewal slows down as we age. And this is almost kind of like a, like a jolt to the system and 30 seconds with the glow stick and you have contoured, uh, you know, plump kind of smooth, uh, you know, if you don't have a lot of circulation or that like nice rosy cheek is fantastic for that. Um, you can use it on the body. You can use it post-workout. It's going to tighten and lift. Um, it just, you don't need to do it for a long time. I think normally you see people slowly using it and it's kind of like do this for 30 minutes, uh, three minutes, three right. minutes, do it when you wake up and then do it before bed and watch what happens over the course of a week. And are we using product under it, like an oil to help it glide or can you do it on bare skin? Yeah. I think with the tools that are more your crystals and your gems and your rocks, you should use it with product mm -hmm. um, just so that you get a nice slip. With the glow stick, I would recommend actually without, I mean, you can use it like once product is applied, but you don't need to actually put it on the tool and use it that way. I would use, I would let the germanium stones do the work um, with the glow stick and, and just watch what happens. Like it's 30 seconds. I mean, 30 seconds, honestly, 30 seconds. And it is like, I love, it's almost like a magic show when I have, a, when back in the day, when I used to have events and I used to be able to touch people, um, I would put it on people's face and like, I would just be like, I'm just going to do half one side. And it was crazy really? what it did for people who were fatigued, who held on to a lot of lymph under their eye or around their lips or on their jaw. I mean, it was, it's bananas. Like it Wait, is. Do a quick, like, um, we're doing YouTube video guys. So if you're listening on the podcast, um, make sure you go check out my YouTube channel because you can actually can see I us. Can I grab talking. it real fast? Oh yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, Where absolutely. The, yeah. The music to play. <laughs> intermission, musical intermission. Yeah. So guys, if you're listening to the podcast, pop over to my YouTube channel. I wanted Annie to show us some motions of how to use these, um, tools so that if you're investing in them, you can know exactly what to do. So. Okay, here we go. We've got it. We've got it. Okay, I got Yay. both. So this is the beauty wand. Okay. And this is the glow stick. And that one is made, the beauty wand is made of what? So this is Howlite. Um, this is like a two-sided wand. Um, it's not porous, so you can literally like scoop product off of your hand or put product, mm. you know, directly onto the wand. And then I can kind of show you here. Can you yeah, get a good me. glimpse yeah. of my face? We can see you great. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. So I'll show you one side with the beauty wand, and then I'll show you the other side with the glow stick. Oh, I so I actually okay. have on a little bit of skincare. You're going to take the more bulbous side. I'm just going to do my under eye. Let me see if I can get like some proper light here. Okay. This is in the neck afterwards so that the dead bacteria living in your lymph and the toxins can go out the armpit. I tell people a lot of times you might smell a little bit of like an odor or perspiration. That's completely normal. Um, your urine might have a little bit of a scent and that's just the dead bacteria living in the lymph. 
Oh, that looks so relaxing right now. <gasps> it is. And like, I think like when you see someone doing this, it's like, that's not a scrub. That's not a peel. That's not laser. Like what? That just seems like something that that's like a nap and it's not. It's so really- if you're doing like at nighttime, because I feel like I would see myself using like something like this at night so I can relax before bed, especially, would you wash your face tone and then like put an oil? And what if you use like a retinol or treatment product? Where would that fall in the routine? So I would do this um, on the opposite time that you would use your retinol because you don't okay. want to travel your retinol. I would cleanse the face. I would, you know, for me, I, I use our charcoal bar. I use our, our lemon do, which is our mist. I then put on one of my drops. I use the geranium drops or I'll use like the maki berry whip. And that gives me a nice slip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just... I would recommend in general just because of the photo uh, sensitivity of it. So I don't know if you can see. Oh my gosh, I swear I can. I swear to you I can. So you can see the brow here. And you and here in particular, yeah. Yeah, you have more, you know, when people age, it's because this area starts to atrophy. And huh. when you open this up and get rid of all the dead lymph or the dead bacteria living in the lymph here, you now have, I mean, that's the difference between youth. And then when you're like, I don't, when you see a picture of yourself like two years ago and you're like, why do I look younger? It was just two years ago. And it's because this real estate starts to shrink. And so then you look at the jawline, you look here, I finally have contour where this is more puffy. That's this brow insane. is lifted. It's incredible. I've like never seen an instant in. result like that. It's amazing what we did it for like four, I don't know, 45 seconds. Wow. I'm sold. That's amazing. And it can live for like up to three hours. That's a better look. That's crazy. I mean, this is like a totally different eye. It almost looks like more awake. It's exactly what it is because you're driving and you're brightening. Um, This is better. This is better lighting. So now I'm going to go in with the glow stick. You guys see that this has germanium. This has 30 encrusted germanium stones on it. Um, I, I mean, it spins like you can mm-hmm. kind of see it spins. Mm-hmm. So I just go in and I just wiggle this down the neck. This tool is so insanely amazing. You can use it on the waist. You can use it on the stomach. You can use it below, you know, under the arms. If you like a little tonage there. Um, along the side of the nose is really powerful because if anybody has like a deviated septum or any kind of sinus tract issue or allergy, getting rid of the dead bacteria that lives around the nostril age and fatigue live in the nose. I always tell people that, that puffiness, that fatigue, I'll show you when I'm done here, the difference between um, one nostril and the other and tell me how much more youthful the face looks. You guys, this, this is insane. Oh my gosh. I really, and I have, I have a tool similar to that in my arsenal and I was using it for a while and then I just kind of like stopped because I'm like, eh. but this is like really, really convincing me that I need to like, get on this routine. It's amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. And even like you said, like, look here, at my nose. Yes. Oh my God, Annie, stop it. This is insane. It's insane. So that was 30 seconds. I tell people to do with the glow stick and just like, just like massage it along the side. I can feel it. I can, it's like almost like a pressure point. I, I am obsessed with doing it on the side of the nose because mm-hmm. you feel you feel that release and I have a deviated septum. So it's like, I have horrible I sinuses. Breathe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crazy town. Okay. Brow. I love it. 
this is insane. I feel like if this is, there's one thing, because I have a lot of beauty junkies who listen that people need to take from this is like, you need to invest in a tool. So you just okay. get one tool, you know, just get one tool, use it and watch, just try it. You know, it, this is now, you know, the time I think for people to maybe, uh, well, it's either definitely not the time because nobody has extra money or it's definitely the time if you're experiencing the great pause. So if you can, and you can incorporate something, this is like that, you know, exit from quarantine thing where people are like, I am exiting from quarantine looking so much better because I've incorporated this tool and you just look brighter. You have your boosted collagen. You look more contoured. I mean, I look completely different from the beginning of this video. It's just brings, you know, and I haven't done it today, unfortunately. So now this is like my little treatment time and you really, especially on the eyebrow, you get that height and you get, and you can what feel that? it. I love it. It looks like it's like a little higher on that side too, like a little yes. more of an arch. Oh, yeah. okay. That was amazing. Amazing. All right, guys, I am so sorry. I had to cut off the podcast there because there was just so much goodness in this episode. I didn't want to overwhelm you. So beauty was this episode. Next episode, we talk motherhood. Um, expectation versus reality. How we talk about motherhood to other women and on social media. There are really, really deep and interesting topics that Annie and I get into on those topics uh, and more. So make sure you come back next week. In the meantime, if you want to track Annie down, you can follow them, uh, the podcast Instagram at Off the Record With You. That's her Instagram handle for her show, also at Skin Owl. And definitely make sure you come back next week because there's more goodness. And don't forget the YouTube channel has all of the visual instructions for the um, talk about the tools that we did. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. That makes a huge difference. And follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abata. I will be back next week with more goodness. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. And thank you so much for listening.